You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarrabosca Users Group radio show from Monday the 5th of July 2021. We acknowledge the Yurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the uh, last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and on today's show, forgive me for a bit of, uh, well, a lot of sleep deprivation, but uh, I've got a lot of news and I've got a really good catch-up interview coming with Ruth Jolly, who I spoke to about two months ago about uh, Inner North and Derebin cycling issues. We're going to do a catch-up about uh, what's happening around uh, the area and some really interesting developments for those of you interested in urban cycling and advocacy. First up, ah, last night, uh, Tour de France. A bloke who was on some people's radar and uh, is on everybody's radar now, Ben O'Connor, took out the uh, uh, mountain stage of uh, Stage 8B, or some people call it for superstitious reasons, or Stage 9. And there's a bit of a fight on at the moment whether he is actually from Subiaco or and or uh, Fremantle. um, And he's also not only a stage winner, He's also second overall in the GC qualifications or classifications. And importantly, not to forget that the Giro Donna is on at the moment. And uh, if I can bring that up, there was a very, very, very good article in Cycling Tips um, about that. And problem is I can't bring it up right now because my phone's playing up. But I really want to talk about Giro Donna. But in news and events... uh, if you're on our email list for Yarrabug, you would have noticed that there was a um, special amendment that went through at uh, the last Yarra Council meeting for this special budget uh, amendment. And uh, that was passed unanimously. Uh, <coughs> cough. It's uh, got a, a few more hundred thousand dollars for uh, active transport trans- uh, for projects in um, Yarra. Um, you oh, got that in front of me. It was a notice of motion in support for additional cycling infrastructure, item 9.1, and it called for additional support from the Victorian state government, including enhancing the Heidelberg Road pop-up bike lanes and building at least 15 kilometres of additional protected bike lanes and enhanced infrastructure in Yarra within two years as part of the uh, state government's commitment to the 100 kilometres of new and improved bike routes across inner Melbourne suburbs, and I hope everywhere in Melbourne as well. You probably know that um, they're putting in the Derebin and Yarra connectors, and we'll probably be talking about that soon uh, when I have a catch-up with Ruth. And... um, the notice of motion went through. Also, um, of note, there was another 
thing that we've I've spoken about a few times on the show in the last few months that there was going to be a protected pop-up lane southbound on Brunswick Street to Victoria Parade and it has been constructed and put in and you no longer are southbound as you're heading down towards Victoria Parade you have to put up with that uh, 30 centimetres green 30 metres of messed up camber that you are shoved into you now have entire lane yay uh, you know, these things are tiny 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 little things but they are happening and if you want that to continue if you wish if more of this stuff to be out there um you contact uh, vic roads on their pop-up bike lanes page which i've put several times into the podcast descriptions and i'll put into this one as well of um if you've got feedback and you've got um, additional information you'd like to give about these things. But uh, the fantastic thing about that was getting back to the amendment that went through at the Yarra Council special meeting about a fortnight ago is when people or the public, you get to do public question time and there was public question time about, you know, parts of um, Hodelberg Lanes, um, which is probably beyond the scope of City of Yarra because it is a you know, Vic Roads, Department of Transport thing. People giving their public submissions, even when they gave their criticism, was overwhelmingly supportive and also were giving um, good constructive feedback, especially about Fenwick Street, which um, has been problematic since it was installed. So these are the good things that are happening. It doesn't have to be some negative slog of criticism. And I commend those people who uh, gave... Um, gave up their time to do this sort of stuff for public question time. Uh, the other fantastic news is that Yarra Bicycle Users Group for 3CR Radiothon, we have made over our uh, target of $1,200 and I thank you so much for everybody who has contributed in some way and I'm just going to play it because it's the Tour de France. It's a very special thing for you. Oh. Yep, it's six past ten on Monday morning. Are you awake yet? Thank you so much for everyone who's contributed. Uh, and also when I was having a look at the report for it, at, uh, everyone's paid up. Fantastic. And if you still want to uh, help make uh, get 3CR over the line, go to 3cr.org.au, look for the subscribe or donate options and pledge, donate, whatever way you can to get money to 3CR. And uh, I've left the best thing to last. Over the weekend, there was an announcement about uh, Kip Street Steps and it was um, tied up in another piece of information about uh, greening Melbourne and, or, you know, part of their, their spaces and stuff around Melbourne. Now, Lily D'Abrosio, the MP for, to bring this up, State Member for Mill Park, Manager for, Minister for Energy, Environment and Climate Change, Minister for Solar Homes. Now, as part of an announcement she made about uh, the Cranbourne uh, Botanical Gardens and a few other bits and pieces, it's got to have more support for Melbourne's beloved green spaces and this was uh, released on Saturday. Some of Melbourne's most popular parks and reserves, including the Royal Botanical Gardens at Cranbourne and Melbourne, are getting funding to upgrade facilities to ensuring their stays great places for Victorians and tourists. 
And there was yeah, an overall like 14.22 million scrolly, scrolly, scroll, scroll. And uh, further down, funding for 5.2 million has been provided for the construction of a ramp at Gipp Street on the main Yarra Trail, adding to the 3.3 million investor for the design and consultation. The ramp will existing will replace the existing stairs and improve access for wheelchair users, cyclists and parents with prams. I would just like to say accessibility, yes. Uh, we've been working on this, I think, about, think about since about 2004, 2005, so I'm going to do this again. As uh, the tender for that went out to, oh, Vic Rhodes put out the tender for that last year. And hopefully, just hopefully, after almost 20 odd years, if not longer, we will see some resolution to that impasse down there. It warmly, oh, I was about to say that, I'll just pull that back. I'll say Gipp Street, Collins Street, that's um, the Collins Street Bridge in Abbotsford. You know, because it's a big cross point for people going up to the bully and the like. And as I get on to the next part of the conversation, this puts pressure on what is happening with Warmler Street. You would have noticed uh, we had did a call out last year for um, Richard Wynn to call that in at VCAT. He didn't. Um, many of you would have received correspondence to that effect. What is happening with Warmler Street? Well, it got a heritage listing, but invariably that bridge is being uh, monitored and held up literally by um, Borondara Council. As you know, that it gets frequent closures and it's structurally at the end of its life. So what is happening down there? Should there be an overall plan for these really important um, connection points between suburbs? Invariably, major projects in, in across Victoria get so much more emphasis placed upon them and funding and these teensy-weensy little things, you know, a couple of couple of million here, 100,000 there, take almost, in the case of uh, Gipps Street, it's taken a generation. It's not good enough. It's great that it's happening, but still, it needs to be better. Uh, but uh, yeah, 5.2 million for a ramp at Gipps Street. Hopefully it will be built within the uh, time that this government in Victoria is in power till the next, uh, was it, uh, election in 2022? I digress, but oh, good Lord. I did. We, we did have to open up a special uh, beverage last night to celebrate that because, by God, that's been a slog. Okay, I'm going to take a break. And up next, I'm going to be talking with Ruth with a catch-up about stuff to happen happening around the inner north. Hi, I'm Kutcher Edwards. Beyond the Bars is 3CR's annual prison radio series where we share the mic with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander inmates in Victorian prisons. We started in 2002 and this year marks 20 years on the air. Be sure to tune in at 11am each morning from Monday July the 5th to Friday July the 9th for Beyond the Bars 2021 broadcasts. For more information, head to our website, 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars. Thoughts within Visions I see 
daring to dream my destiny. You're listening to 3CR, Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. And on the line today, I have a catch-up uh, phone call with Ruth, who was um, interviewed in The Age about uh, about two months ago. And it was about issues to do with cycling provision and infrastructure in the inner north, predominantly Darabin. But we've got a bit to catch up with Ruth. Yeah, terrific. Thanks, Chris. It's really great to hear from you this morning. Great. So um, to, to people who didn't hear the first interview, do you just want to give a little introduction to uh, your interest in this area? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a resident uh, in Darabin and um, a very keen cyclist. It's my main um, method of you know, self-propelled transfer, uh, transportation. Uh, and I've noticed over the years a lot of inequity developing in, you know, the, the way that cycling projects are funded across Darabin. So we get a lot of infrastructure down in the south around Northcote, which is great for me. But I'd really like to see, you know, more people cycling more often, to, you know, to quote the Bicycle Network um, motto. And I was really hoping that some of those key connectors up in Preston um, that, you know, would enable people to really safely access things like the Preston Market and to go all the way from the east of Darabin to the west of Darabin, um, you know, from the main sort of cycling trails along Mary Creek Trail to the Darabin Creek Trail, um, which, you know, has access to uh, high schools, primary schools, uh, Latrobe University, uh, all sorts of things. So that was the, the main thing that we were talking about. But also, mostly, I suppose, we are talking about these strange council decisions that have been happening this year, um, which, you know, sort of involved, um, you know, voting to completely remove uh, the pop-up bike lane on um, uh, down, in, down in Northcote, which is a little bit controversial, that one, but um, to, to not even um, consider... Um, but it, when it came to High Street, we were talking about uh, pop-up bike lanes in High Street, and the council didn't even want to consider going to a proposal or a consultation process to sort of see what could we possibly do here. Could a bike lane even fit any design um, options? Nothing. They didn't even want to proceed at all. Seems like a, a fair bit of stonewalling, or, or, and or they're not even sure what they're doing because in comparison to this, like on last week's show, I should say, my last show a fortnight ago, I interviewed Roland uh, Leppard from City of Melbourne, who I've got an ongoing partnership with um, the Department of Transport to put in uh, infrastructure, you know, separated lanes throughout the City of Melbourne. And if you've been through the CBD, you would have seen that. And yeah. also, James Conlon from Moreland Council, and they're doing some really interesting stuff. Dawson Street, also Pascal Vaughan. Uh, like you know, they're they're looking at not just the south part of the of the um, LGA area. They're moving out, and these are the things that got to happen. Cycling isn't an inner city thing, and if you look across it, as I mentioned in the int- introduction, that uh, at Yarra Council's uh, special budget meeting, that uh, they passed an amendment to like almost like a can we get a memorandum of understanding or some type of working more of a working relationship with the Department of Transport for more provision, and. Darabin seems to have gone completely AWOL. It's it's interesting. Yeah, so yeah, so it's interesting. Following um, you know, that Yarra Council meeting, I actually asked Darabin Council said, Are you going to follow suit and uh, you know, join the Yarra Council in advocating to state government um, to support um, the Hardenberg Road pop up bike lanes uh, and making them permanent in um, you know, in a sustainable way that meets community needs. 
And I was just palmed off, you know. Uh, the, you know, the way that these questions are being answered uh, these days are just that, um, oh, well, our cycling review is, um, our cycling plan is going to be under review later in the year. Uh, and then when you look at the budget, um, when you sort of really uh, dig down into the, the, the Darabin budget papers, which is not the most exciting thing that anybody's ever done in their spare time, but, you know, the, the budget for footpaths and cycleways has actually been reduced by 75% for this year. That's not good Absolutely. for general overall. That's for overall accessibility because you know the predominance of this show is about cycling, but also accessibility. Uh, as as this discussing like Gip Street st- steps in um, towards. I Collins know what Bridge. a wonderful decision that is. I'm so oh. excited about that, Chris. Because again, as a you know, as a person who rides bikes, this is our main thing for getting it done, and it's taken a generation. But it is overwhelmingly an accessibility thing. And when you're telling me that a Absolutely. council has voted down or not decided not to put this, uh, you know, um, funding in for, what well, just basic footpaths. And... Yeah, just footpaths and cycleways. I mean, the, the roads budget is sort of remaining steady, um, you know, compared to, to what was spent last year and what's been planned to, to spend this year and into the next three or four years. Mm. But, so we don't know if there's going to be some on-road bicycle infrastructure that's included in that. But it is really concerning that um, given that we are walking a lot more, in our local neighbourhoods, and we really want people to be um, walking and scooting and wheeling uh, and doing all sorts of, you know, um, local active, um, you know, activities in their neighbourhoods uh, and to not be funding footpaths, which you know, some of them are in quite a state of disrepair. It's, it is very concerning. And um, to bring up a really interesting point too, uh, by point of comparison with Moreland City Council, if there are people who are listening to ABC Melbourne, um, the morning show on Friday, uh, they're, you know, they're putting in pop-up lanes and the like over there. And Councillor Oscar Yudits called in and he was um, giving his support for you know, what's happening in Pascal Vale. They, they do have resistance up there. But he was, you know, again, on his social media channels, he's being open and constructive Things may alter in the future, but he's not, um, you know, as part of Yarrick, oh, sorry, Moreland Council. He's been constructive. He wants to hear what people have to say. Uh, overwhelmingly, it's positive. Faith could speak more to that on uh, next week's show. But Moreland Council being completely different to, again, to Derriban. They're being open and constructive and not shutting down the conversation. And that's what I'm kind of hearing from you about what Derriban is doing. Yeah, yeah. So one of the key things uh, that's concerning us in Darabin at the moment is that we went through a really long consultation process um, with the people around um, Central and West Preston, um, particularly in regards to uh, building safer cycling infrastructure around Cramer Street, which connects to a couple of high schools but also some local primary schools. And those things are really important for embedding those independent travel and active travel habits uh, in the next generation. And what we really want our councils to be doing is thinking about the future of Darabin. Uh, well, you know, in my council era, we, we want them to think about the future of the, the locality that we're in uh, and the habits that we're setting up. Um, and it's really disappointing that after quite a long period of consultation that a couple of noisy neighbours in one particular part that was affected by the upcoming works, um, you know, mounted their own sort of personal campaign rested entirely in, in their own personal interests, not the interests of the greater good in terms of the, um, the accessibility of the whole neighbourhood. 
uh, and basically shut down um, a really significant part of the project. Mm. And it's really disappointing. I've listened to um, members of the public who have spoken at you know council meetings about the energy and effort they put into that public consultation, only for it then to be turned around um, by a very small group of local residents. It's um, you know the, the the contrast here with what's happening in Darabin and also Yarra and um, and what's happening in Moreland is uh, community leadership. Mm. And that's where we look to our council to sometimes take those hard decisions, which the previous Darabin council did. They took some, uh, you know, some strong stances on some social issues. Um, and it was, uh, you know, they, they, it's quite laudable. Um, and to hear Oscar Yildiz, um the other day on the radio talking in support for something um, and openly, um, you know, seeking feedback from the public and wanting to take a position to... Um, you know, to drive community change um, yeah. is... Yeah, something we're really missing. Well, you know, he's a councillor for the um, Pascal Vau area and he's learning about this process too. And, you know, what as I said earlier, whatever happens in the future, it may be a different, you know, he might, different decisions are made. But uh, Darabin just seems to have just shut the door. And there's all these interesting things in terms of just disappearing out of Darabin because, you know, they... Uh, you know, they've they've had ongoing stuff with you know they have um, maintenance workshops and they learn how to ride workshops and all this sort of stuff and I think a lot of that stuff has just been re- quietly removed. It's 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 a bit 1984 for one of a better expression. It's like <laughs> come back in five minutes and they've scrubbed it. Yeah, so it's it's almost like they're trying to erase um, or wind back the clocks mm. on you know all, all the developments that we've made, um, which is the opposite of what we want. You know, the, so the council comes out and they talk about you know building this plan for the future, uh, yet the, what they're actually implementing and the motions that they're voting on passing at council meetings are actually regressive um, yeah. more than being progressive. Yeah, and um, you know when they kind of you know it's a saying I've I've probably sat through some of the similar meetings that you have online, and you're going well that's a nice bunch of words but where's the detail where's the benchmarks where's the funding, where's the important um, dates and stuff and like you know you, you can you can say a bunch of nice words but we're increasingly dealing with a more sophisticated audience who go uh, no we want more from our local government and just you know, um, making nice, soft statements doesn't cut it. Absolutely. And I would say um, this: uh, the Darabin Council meeting that's coming up in uh, July will be one to keep an eye on because that's the one at which um, council is supposed to report back to the community about the outcome of their decision to go back to the drawing board on the Kramer Street Works in West Preston. So if any of your listeners um, are interested in um, in that particular issue, uh, you know, it went back to what happened a few months ago was that, as we said, some noisy residents disagreed with um, some of the designs for traffic planning measures and the council decided to, to go back and reconsider their options. Um, mind you, this was after contracts had already been awarded for the project. So we're wow. going to hear back... So I know. I didn't realise that I, bit. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little piece of detail that was buried in one of their quarterly reports. Um, so we're still waiting to see what the budget impact for that is actually going to be. Um, and I, I really hope that uh, we have some you know, positive news um, coming out of the, the July meeting because that, that project was actually ready to be built. Um, and I believe, it, it, you know, hopefully by now they've started at least building the pop-up park, which was part of the key designs there and something that wasn't going to be changed. Mm. Um, so hopefully later this month 
we will, um, you know, hear some positive news. But, you know, if any, um, anybody is listening to this program now or the podcast later on, mm-hmm. if you are able to come along to that um, meeting later on in July, it'll be a Monday night. Check the Darabin Council website for the dates and times. Yeah, because uh, these things, like, I just kind of look at it from a very dry perspective of this is an abrogation of public safety. I mean, there are things that Vic Roads and Department of Transport and the State Government are responsible for, but there's things that are in the scope of a um, local council to make better, and they were, you know, part of the previous administration were doing that, and they're just going, no, shut the door, not interested. It seems like this combination of either there is um, overwhelmingly they're trying to push a different thing and just push people out of the space, and or they may not even be aware of what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's the you know the guilty until innocent sort of or innocent until guilty thing that I'm trying to think of is a bad <laughs> analogy, but it just seems very very bizarre considering what state government is doing, yes, what exactly, other councils the, are doing. Yeah, and it's, the, this particular um, section around, that I'm talking about around Cram Street in West Preston is actually part of the, um, the I think it's Victorian State Government Strategic Cycling Corridors Project, which if it's going to work, you know, one of the things that, you know, we cyclists often complain about is the lack of connectors. Yeah. Um, and that's what's so good about, you know, as part of the Heidelberg Road Project, you know, the Gipps Street, um, you know, works around that area. Mm. Um, you know, there's so many areas where we basically have to either get off our bikes and walk um, or put ourselves into a dangerous situation. And yeah. so this having these connectors actually requires cooperation between state governments um, which have, you know, developed very sensible plans. And I don't know if that was developed in consultation with local council, but it really requires local council to commit to... Um, actually, you know, digging up the dirt um, and, yes. and, you know, putting paint on the roads, that sort of thing. Well, a bit more than just paint on the roads. Um, we want separated infrastructure is now the thing. Absolutely. Separated infrastructure is, you know, is um, definitely something to aim for. And, you know, in that area of Preston, I actually cycled through there um, a couple of months back and, uh, you know, had came across some hairy moments myself just on a Sunday afternoon. So I can't imagine what it's like uh, for families trying to, you know, get their kids to and from school um, you know, on a regular basis down that street. So yeah, well, you know, it's the other end of Cramer Street. You've got a level crossing thing. I can't understand why this wasn't all fully integrated without um, the stonewalling. It, it's a bizarro thing. And then part of also what uh, state government are doing via you know the you know the uh, departments of Vic Roads and um, Department of Transport. It's further down, you've got the Derribin uh, Yarra connectors that they're doing. Um, there's a lot more people further north who want, you know, you've you got to get away from cycling infrastructure as purely some inner thing. There's all these important connectors. And again, as I just keep saying through this the discussion we're having this morning, Derribin just seemed to be um, kind of, well, just just not not uh, not present. They're not, quite, they're not quite with the program. No, they're and, not. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is that you and I know, Chris, is that the field of dreams fantasy is mm. very rarely um, you know seen anywhere in the world it's very rare that you you, uh, you can say we'll build it and people will come mm. but that is actually the case with uh, really safe cycling and, and walking and wheeling infrastructure mm. if you build that safe infrastructure um, then people will use it um, so you know we just need to to get in there and get it done exactly what was on previous um, round of interview, interviews I did fortnight ago Roland was talking about from city of Melbourne at their meeting where people had given submissions into what uh, separated infrastructure done in the city of Melbourne and how it, it had changed either their transport patterns or actually their lives 
that they've now got another option. And that's the thing that um, why we're discussing today is giving people options, not removing. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the more diverse our communities, um, the more options that people want to be able to take. Uh, and that's, you know, what I'm going to continue to, that's excellent. to campaign for. So uh, so we've got a meeting coming up um, July for De- uh, Derebin Council, should keep an eye on. And um, where should I direct people if they want to find out more? Um, I suppose if you want to find out more about um, the uh, Derebin um, Cycle Infrastructure Campaigns, then have a look at the um, Preston West Activity Link information on the Derebin Council website. Yep. Okay, thank you so much for your time today, Ruth. It's been great doing a catch-up. Terrific. Thanks very much, Chris. Hi, this is Isaac, and I'm talking to you from a tree seat 40 metres high in the Arinandra Plateau. I'm here with other activists because we want to stop what Big Forest is planning to do, which is to destroy 60 new areas in one of the last refuges of unburned forest in East Gippsland. We're calling the state government to protect all unburned areas of East Gippsland. If you want to get involved, contact gecko at gecko.org.au and join the campaign. 3CR supporter. And you're back listening to 3CR Yarra Bosco Users Group Radio. And uh, thanks for Ruth taking time today for that catch up about what is happening slightly north of um, Yarra, kind of to the east of Moreland. And yeah, what is going on in Darabin? and uh, how you can find out more and get involved. Now, I mentioned in the intro that about the uh, Giro Donna. Um, as Marion Voss, Jumbo Visma, crossed the line, her face portrayed a deeper emotion than the usual excitement of winning a stage of the Giro Donna, which you probably knew was the Giro Rosa previously. Um, she, uh, so, so far, Marianne Voss has won 254 um, victories, you know, stage wins in her uh, career. And also this was her 29th Giro Donna stage win. And this is a really good article from Cycling Tips and she's dedicated it to a fellow writer, a uh, uh, fellow Belgian cyclocross, uh, she, uh, f- who lost her battle with uh, cancer on Thursday a few days before Voss won the third stage of the Giro Donna. And... Um, it's a beautiful article, and I'll put a put a link into it. And again, Scarlet uh, Women Cycling does not get enough perspective. And if you're across, uh, you know, watching pro cycling all the rest of it, you probably listen to your respective podcasts with more information in it. Um, but yeah, it's kind of as I mentioned on my previous program that uh, the organisers with Tour de France and Swift are looking at um, a women's Tour de France next year and from what I can understand from looking at the scheduling it's going to be on the pretty much same time as the Giro Rosa so yeah big clash and yeah these things just ah oh, the organisation just kind of yeah can, can send you spare anyway <laughs> on to happier things thank you so much for listening today that's all I've got time for and um, thank you again so much to everyone who uh, 
donated and pledged to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio to keep us on air and 3CR and all the fabulous programs on 3CR on air. Podcast should be up shortly at 3cr.org.au and on our mirror site, yarrabug.org forward slash radio. Up next is Sheepop, followed by at 11am Beyond the Bars. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.